Next on BYU Sports Nation, what is the greatest play in BYU football independence? We already released the 16-play bracket, but today you can send in your championship vote. Plus, USA Today college football insider Dan Wolken joins us after his Sunday feature article on Taysom Hill. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Brian Logan. We're live again. BYU Sports Nation back to work in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Tuesday, August 4th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with He-Man figurine collector, Brian Logan. He-Man. I don't need to collect He-Man. I am He-Man. You're He-Man? Yeah, I'm He-Man. You just declared on national television and on national radio that you are He-Man. Can we have Tebow? Can we Tebow Please mark this down. We need to get this as a voice drop. Play. Brian Logan, hey, I am He-Man. Hello, how you doing? <laughs> you can't talk about that. I just rewound, man. For real you though, did you collect? Did you collect anything when you were a kid, like figurines? Did you have like Transformers or? or no, I had, I had a lot of toys, Star but I didn't, I didn't really collect anything though. That you know, they were. I just was a spoiled brat, so I got a lot of toys. Something I did collect though. Actually, wait, nope. I collected Pokemon cards. You collected Pokemon cards. Yeah, yeah. I was a Pokemon. Do you still have Pokemon. those Pokemon cards? I do. I do. My little brothers try to play with them. I'm like, hey, man, don't touch my Pokemon cards, dude. <laughs> vintage. It's going to be worth millions of dollars soon. <laughs> do you? Did you have a Bulbasaur hologram? Man. I don't I know had, what that is, but my producer just whispered it in I my did, ear. I did have a Bulbasaur. <laughs> I had I had all of the top three. I forgot the names now. Bulbasaur. What was it? Charizard. I had a Charizard hologram. That one's worth a lot right there, actually. Brian, are you a nerd? Hey, no, man. I'm not, are you a I, nerd? How is that nerdy? No, I'm just so Chris happy. Pokemon, dude. Congratulations. <laughs> I just... We Bro, can, we've everybody connected. likes Pokemon. We've connected on a new level that's now. Like, that's like Star Wars. Like, everybody likes Star Wars. Everybody likes Pokemon. Are you comparing Pokemon to Star I'm Wars? Not, I'm saying, I'm just saying how everybody likes it. Everybody <laughs> likes Pokemon. Everybody <laughs> likes Star Wars. Not everybody likes Lord of the Rings. Sorry, Jerem. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, it's not nerdy, I don't think. This is one of my favorite opens to the show that we've <laughs> ever had. Ever. If I, if I should, I'm like purple right now. I'm like, bless <laughs> Time to a plum. Oh, hey, did you hear also the good news? And this will lead off our headlines today. This isn't one of our official headlines, but 18 years running, BYU, the number one stone cold sober campus in all of America. Ooh, dare to be different. Yeah, and as BYU pointed out yesterday, for all of the incoming freshmen, that is the length of their entire lives. <laughs> it's been a long True. time. Here are the rest of your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Taysom Hill was named to another award watch list, bringing the total to 78. I don't know. It's probably close, though. This time, the 2015 National Performer of the Year award watch list. It's sponsored by the College Football Performance Awards. It features only 32 FBS players. The Cougars were ranked 19th in the NCAA Women's Soccer Preseason Coaches Poll. Three of BYU's opponents were also ranked, including Stanford at number three. Okay. And Pepperdine at number 10. That's a home game on BYU TV, the Pepperdine game. BYU trying to get exact some revenge you got after that, that loss. And Mal- I'll be on the call, yeah. You got that call. Looking forward to that. 
Tyler Haas is now officially a member of the Obradoiro CAB, Ooh, a Spanish okay. league basketball team. Look at you. Tyler Haas headed to Europe. And again, this is this is the top league in Spain. He told us that last time. Yeah. He came in. He's, he's like, I'm probably getting up there. Now, now it's official. So Tyler said it was 99% done deal. Now it's 100%. He is going to be playing for... What do we what do we call that team now? It translates to the Friends of Basketball, the workshop friends. of the Friends of Basketball. Friends of so basketball. we're just going to call it the workshop. The workshop. Good for him. Good yes. for Tyler. Congrats. Jacob Bregman hit one for three and recorded a run to help the Midland Rockhounds beat the Frisco Rough Riders. Is that hey. San Francisco? Yeah, Frisco? Jacob Hanneman also involved. Had a hit and a stolen base and a 4-2 to two loss to the Birmingham Barons last night. So both of the Jacobs that played for BYU last in 2012 doing work in double-A baseball. Sooner or later, one of these guys is going to hit the big leagues. Yeah, it's, it's t- time will tell, man. And we will say, do you remember when? Because that's what we do. Rise and shout. <laughs> it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The greatest play in BYU football independence. Ding well. Hit as he throws. Loose football. Recovered for a touchdown by Kyle Van Noy. BYU leads. He's going to take it himself, and Hill can get to the edge. And look at Taysom Hill. Could he take this all the way? Yes! He'll fake the clock. Throw to the end zone. Touchdown! Oh, four years. 52 games. And 1,799 days of BYU football independence. In that span, Brian, BYU has recorded wins over Texas twice. Georgia Tech twice. Boise State, Virginia, Cal, Ole Miss, and Washington State. Along the way, the Cougars have produced some unforgettable moments. But which one stands above the rest since BYU's declaration of football independence? That brings us to our obvious Twitter question. What is the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? If you missed it yesterday, we released... The first ever BYU Sports Nation produced 16 play bracket. You can vote on that right now at BYUtv.org. We will also tweet out the link once again on our BYU Sports Nation Twitter account. Vote as much as you want. Every week, this will be dwindled down. So there are eight matchups right now. Next Monday, the winners will advance. Those eight will compete in a four different competition bracket. That will be shrunk to four and so on and so forth until we announce the champion on August 31st. Maybe we missed one. I don't know. I think we've got a really good list. We put our heads together for quite a while, scrutinized over this, Did and guys, we came up with the 16-play you know, bracket. As I was looking through this, there's one thing that I – one play, um, which is Fred Warner's pick six. Fred Warner's pick six was discussed. It you want to know why it was left out? Yeah. Tell me the final score of that game. See, okay, okay. See, that goes back to what I said yesterday when it comes to picking the, the you best, have to the best eliminate, play. You have to eliminate things based on context. So, well, I see, I think it's the other way around. I think you should vote on the individual play as it stands, regardless okay. tell of me, the outcome or anything like that. Okay, tell me which play should not be in there and Fred Warner's pick six should be in place of that play. If we're going strictly off of my standards, <laughs> my standards, okay. I mean, I, I think you could take 
I mean, Craig Bills is is is, is a good play. No, I like no, that. What? It's kind of it's a little. Iffy, Do you know how you should iffy. know better than anybody else how it's, difficult it was? He was turned around. It's, he had to flip his entire body around, and he caught it with his left hand. I think the it took him point five seconds to spot the ball. The taste the Taysom Hill. Okay, Brian's trying to find Hill, out which really, play. Okay. Houston. Really the game winner? Yep. You're going to take Fred Warner's take, pick six in a 25-point loss at athleticism, Boise. Yeah, he just he just he stopped. Back he planted, shoulder throw. Back shoulder catch. He caught the ball. He did what he's supposed to do. He ran a great route. Fred Warner went above and beyond. <laughs> you jump <laughs> this a is bubble why. screen and take it to the Look, house. That this is, is why. Scientifically almost impossible. This is why this is a great topic. It's, because yes. you can debate. All of these for different reasons. Everyone has different sentiment, different feelings. They were at the game. They weren't. It, it all builds into this discussion. What is the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? Let's get some tweets in. At Twiggy or Stone, the Van Noy strip and touchdown. We are calling it the Kyle Van Noy hit six. Hit it essentially six. won the bowl game in 2012. He said, I have never seen a defensive player decide a game the way he did against San Diego State. Very true. At CJ America 11, Matt Reynolds, no helmet, no problem. The blind side, someone after losing his helmet, come on. Chuck Norris approves. <laughs> yes. The man factor in that play is amazing. That is amazing because me, I, I would be scared. I, I wouldn't have. I, I don't know what I would have done. I would have just maybe put my, you know, try to put my body in front of him. I wouldn't have went for the full hit. Now, I know you, I know you like the Fred Warner play. You think it should be in there somewhere. Oh, and yeah. I, I think – you know, there are there are some plays that maybe you feel strongly about that we miss. I know we got some response yesterday about Taysom Hill's man run against Virginia where he broke through uh, the safety's grasp. Two guys, by the way, that are now yeah. playing in the NFL. Uh, to score a touchdown. Kyle Van Noy's first and pick six against Utah State. That didn't make the list. There are some in there. But, Brian, we, I don't care about the controversy of what didn't make the list. I want to know what is the best play right the now. The best play on the list right now is the leap of faith. Taysom Hill going airborne over a Texas defender uh, is by far, to me, the number one. Uh, When you look at my standards as far as the individual athleticism and effort, that's there. It was a sports sports center top ten play. I can stop stop right then and there. They had a few. It was at Texas, right, against a a P5 school, a brand brand name school. And then to to make it bigger – when did BYU started start to become relevant and in that national spotlight last year, Spencer? At Texas. At Texas. And that play right then and there really, really took the air out of the stadium. It took the air out of the players. The players didn't want no more. They were like, Coach, I don't want to go back in. Take me out. Take me out. They were already making future plans for that night. Hey, man, we're going to go We're gonna go watch this this movie. We want to go to that party. Oh, yeah, okay, because the game is really pretty much done <laughs> after that. And, and, and the thing that really makes it worse is that, you know, he had broke a 60-yard run, uh, you know, before that. And, and it got called back. And they were like, okay, great. Great. Okay, this is we, we're good. No more. We we saw a glimpse of what happened last year. Nope. And then boom, this happened. It's like yeah, fellas. We it was a good Tex- one. Texas was defeated. It was a good one. Yeah, and I put all of on on your relevance arguments. Okay, this, the the leap of faith is the number three seed. So it's it's been seeded third out of the sixteen place. Now what people don't realize, Brian, is until that game, the fabulous Taysom Hill with all of his accolades and incredible plays 
had not beaten a P5 team away from home. What? That brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. One, Taysom Hill has one win against the Power 5 program away from Provo. Before that road win at Texas, he lost at Virginia. Taysom Hill at BYU lost at Wisconsin, at Notre Dame, and against Washington neutral site in the bowl game, still away from Provo. So that Texas game was a turning point moment for Taysom Hill and for BYU because you got the big win against the Power 5 opponent on the road. That's why it should go from number three all the way to number one. Maybe Maybe it should get bumped up to number two. I don't know. Maybe it is number one. The fans will decide. What about you? For me, I'm going with the play that for some reason is not getting nearly enough love. It's the four seed. No helmet, no problem. And here's why. Because three great individual efforts were all made on one single play. Mm. I think Bronco Mendenhall might vote for this play. Oh, yes, he definitely will. This is a Bronco play. BYU's down 14-3 against Tulsa in the 2011 Armed Forces Bowl. Offense struggling. There is 20 seconds left in the half. Riley Nelson rolls out to his left. Matt Reynolds with no helmet on lays out a huge block. Nelson gets rid of the ball before he gets tackled again. And Cody Hoffman beats three defenders to the end zone for a touchdown. Reynolds, Riley Nelson, Cody Hoffman. Three great individual efforts within one play. All amazing plays. Then you consider the context. That changed the entire complexion of the game. If that play doesn't happen, red alert doesn't happen. It made BYU believe again. The Cougars, because they won that game, Brian, finished ranked in the top 25. That was the last time BYU finished the season ranked in the top 25, 2011. Mm. Also, the last time BYU won 10-plus games in a Mm. season, 2011. So the Armed Forces Bowl was critical for BYU to hit its pillars. And that play changed the entire complexity of the game. Thank you, Matt Reynolds, not to mention the man factor. I, I, what's, what's more of a man factor, though? Matt, Matt Reynolds or is it Riley Nelson? Because the block that Matt Reynolds made, the, the, the defender didn't see him coming. So he strategically could place his head in a way where – I'm not trying to take anything from him. I'm just trying to get some, you know, the fans some a, a bigger idea and context around how you can hit somebody. You can you can place your head in a way where you're not getting hit, especially when the defender doesn't know you're coming. But Riley standing there knowing he was going to get smacked, to me, I would give it to Riley Nelson. Dude, this he was, he was an absolute competitor. I don't disagree with you. It all goes into why that play, I think may be underseated and yeah. undervalued and should absolutely have a shot to be the top play in BYU football independence. Who's going to make the play that perhaps could sneak into the 16-play bracket on September 5th? Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 32 days. That's your best one ever. Woo! That's your best one ever. It's the best one ever. Dude, I got, see, yesterday you gave me the tip, man. That, that I, I elongated the A. <laughs> Hey, 32 days. See, all you got to do is coach oh. me up. Put me in the game, coach. Fourth and inches. Ready to go. Put me in. What's the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? At official Drew Fox says the Riley Nelson miracle game. The miracle game. The tip pass to, to Marcus Matthews against Utah State. That play, I get it. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. That could be on Sports Center. Yeah. Probably not. 
Was it? I think it actually was, but I don't know. Up next, National College football writer Dan Wolken from USA Today talks Taysom Hill next. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. The conversation happening right this very minute on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. If you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation, the show is on demand by downloading our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. Watch it on BYUSN.com. Our Twitter question today, what is the greatest play in the four years of BYU football independence, that is 52 games, 34 of those wins, 1,799 days since BYU officially declared that. Which one moment do you have as belonging on the top of your list? At BYU Sports Cat says Taysom Hill's leap of faith is number one. He's with you, Brian. Yep. Mm-hmm. KVN and his hit six. Forced fumble, scoop, and score against Ole Miss is a close second. So not the one against San Diego State, but the first game mm. of independence was at Ole Miss in SEC country. BYU's down 13-7. to Kyle Van Noy does it again. When you, when you compare and you, when you look at the context of both games, that is really hard because that singly hand, he single-hand, well, that play won the game. But then you look at some of the other plays that Kyle did in San Diego State that won the game as well. What is the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? Taysom Hill in there a couple of times as well. Use the hashtag BYUSN to respond. Joining us now, a man who just wrote a Sunday feature article on Taysom Hill, Dan Wolken, National College Football Writer for USA Today. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, Dan. Uh, thanks for having me. How are you guys? Fantastic. In your four years of experience... Have you ever encountered a college quarterback that can squat 430 pounds, let alone be the guy that can squat the most on his team? No, I mean, he's a strong dude. Like, he's he is a physical freak in, in a number of ways. Uh, he's fast. He's tough. He, he, uh, he's really strong. And, uh, you know, those, those front squats, I mean, I, I, I do a little bit of lifting, but uh, – but nothing like that. But I can certainly appreciate, you know, when you're going up there and, and your center is your strong, is the strongest guy on the team and he's posted a number and the quarterback comes in and says, all right, well, put five more pounds on, I'm going to beat him. And then does it. <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty unusual. And, and it, it gets them, those guys fired up. And uh, it just sort of adds to the legend of, of Taysom Hill, which uh, is given the fact that he's missed basically half of, two seasons, uh, it's already pretty big. So uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy and, and add to it you know, for one more year. Dan Wolken with this National College Football Writer for USA Today. Dan, you wrote an article that was released on Sunday. Uh, good read. Uh, it discussed Taysom, Taysom Hill's uh, future, both immediate and down the line professionally. Uh, what do you think uh, impressed you the most about Taysom Hill? Well, he's just got a great perspective on a number of things. He's really, really smart. You can tell that just from talking to him. Uh, he's got great charisma. And I, some people are just born like that, where people are naturally drawn to them. And I think that that is evident if you spend any time with him. And uh, I, I thought it was also very impressive just how natural he was in interacting with um, people who are much older than him, much more experienced than him in terms of the office he was working in. 
uh, seemed to be very natural and, and fit in. And, and it wasn't about him being the quarterback of the football team. I mean, that's something completely irrelevant to what he's doing as an intern at a venture capital firm. But he was very much at ease, and, and they were at ease with him and, and weren't treating him like the quarterback of the BYU football team. So I was just sort of impressed by, the, by those dynamics, uh, his intelligence, He's articulate. He uh, can un- he understands uh, what he's talking about, and, and he is, you know, he's not a guy who um, stays up watching Sports Center, or he's not. He said, you know, if you look at my Twitter feed, it, it's uh, very little sports. It's it's Wall Street Journal, Financial Times, all that stuff, uh, you know, technology. So just unusual for a guy his age and and who's in, still in school and who is still has potentially an NFL future in front of him. He seems to be very much aware of the end of his time in football, uh, whether that's now or at the end of BYU season or in a few years uh, down the road and, and is preparing for it. Did he give you any insider trade secrets about uh, what you need to do with your 401k? <laughs> no, no. The company he's working for is, or that he did work for this summer, I should say, um, what they specialize in is a little bit different. It's it's they invest in early technology startup companies that basically don't have any revenue, so they they are trying to raise money uh, from these venture capital firms, and in exchange for funding, basically the the venture capital firm gets a percentage of uh, the profits or the a percentage of ownership in the company which turns into a big return on investment if it ever goes public or something like that. So there's a lot of failures, but if you get a couple hits, you can make a huge amount of money. So um, it's a lot about researching these kind of companies and knowing the technology space. And uh, it's interesting, and it'll be interesting to see when he gets into it, whether he goes down that path or or maybe goes into an analyst program at a big firm like Goldman Sachs. But a a lot of those opportunities are going to be open to him, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I very much enjoyed the article uh, that you released on Sunday. And I had a previous discussion with Taysom uh, before you met with him about his options. And he kind of said the same thing to me. He's like, look, I I know I've had two season-ending injuries. Like, I want to play football, but I need to be smarter than just putting all of my eggs in one basket. And I really like that about him, and it shows his maturity for sure. But speaking of his football prowess... No question, as you mentioned, he's a freak athlete and he can do special things on the field. ESPN rated him the 81st best college football player on their top 100 yesterday. At that number, are you buying or selling Taysom Hill as the 81st best college football player? Oh, no, he's better than that. But, you know, look, those lists, it's very, very hard to put together a list of of best players in college football because – uh, you know, there's so many teams and different positions, and I, I think when you talk about his importance, uh, quarterbacks often get more credit than they deserve and more blame than they deserve and all that stuff, but he really is the engine of that offense, and I, I think when he's healthy and playing well, you saw last year the first four games of the season, uh, BYU was really uh, rolling, and, and he was putting up huge numbers, and I think people started to imagine a lot of great things for that team. And then he gets hurt and everything goes south. And so people maybe forget how great he was at that time. But there's no question the platform BYU has with its first four games 
Look, it could go a couple different directions. I mean, you're playing UCLA, you're playing Nebraska, you're playing Michigan, you're playing Boise State early on. You lose those games, then you're going to be irrelevant pretty much the rest of the season. Uh, if you win three or even four, um, you're going to be firmly in the top 25, and probably the schedule gets a little easier from there. And certainly he would have a lot to do with the success if, if they win those games, and, and he'll be a guy that people start talking about. So he's a really good player, but there's no question that how, how BYU does in those first four games is going to play into the perception of, of just how good of a year he's having. Dan, you, you mentioned some of the teams that is on this upcoming schedule. Um, there's three ranked teams right now that BYU will face in 2015. How many games do you think BYU will win? Uh, I don't, I'm terrible at predicting those kind of things. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, they're obviously going to be a bowl team, and uh, they are, are, I, think, I think they have a good, a good roster. I think they're very experienced offensively, and they're going to get a bunch of guys back that they didn't have last year off of injury, and uh, certainly it's, it's been sort of a weird thing to watch over the last few years because uh, they've really developed at BYU such a defensive identity, and uh, they've had some pretty special players on that side of the ball, and then all of a sudden, you know, two years ago, uh, they go to up-tempo, and, and all of a sudden it flips a little bit, and, and they're really good offensively, so... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it, it's such a tough schedule that it, I think predicting any any sort of win number is, is pretty pretty difficult. Well, well, okay, I'll make it a little bit easier. Let's let's focus on just September. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that Nebraska is a game that they can't win. Uh, I think that Michigan is a game they should win. Mm. I think that. Uh, UCLA is going to be tough. I just think playing out there, and UCLA to me is a national championship contender. And so I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily expect that one. And then, then you get the Boise game, and, and that's going to be super interesting. I mean, BYU gets them at home. Uh, Boise is going to be a top 25 team in the preseason. I think that's one that if you're going to have the kind of year you want to have, that's one you really need. So there's there's definitely an opportunity to go three and one in September, but uh, it's it's going to be difficult. Dan Wolken, national college football writer for USA Today, also covers horse racing. Uh, just wrote an article <laughs> about Taysom Hill. Hey, we we refer to Taysom as the horse, so it's a it's a perfect <laughs> fit. Dan. Now I do want to I do want to ask you this: We have been made aware that the BYU Twitter sphere uh, took some things out of context yesterday. Honestly, I don't even know what it was. I, I I didn't I don't know the specifics, but I'm guessing that the real beef is because you mentioned Ricycle Stadium on your on your Twitter account <laughs> and the University you know, of Utah. You know what's funny is um, like I've probably spent in my entire life less than 20 days in the state of Utah, and I, I guess because I put that on my on my USA Today profile. Uh, that people in Utah or maybe BYU fans think I have like some connection to the University <laughs> of Utah yep. or uh-huh. to the state of Utah. I have I have zero connection. I just happen to think that that's like one of the most beautiful places to watch a college football game. Provo it is. is very nice. It is. Provo is very nice too. 
But I just think that the the way that that stadium sits in Salt Lake City, kind of up on the up on the hill there, and and the way the, from the press box, the way the, that mountain view, uh, you kind of get that as you're watching the game. I I, I just happen to think that's pretty awesome. So um, I don't know if people are offended by that or not, but. Uh, but too bad. I, BYU Twitter is an interesting place. Indeed, I, I indeed this, it is. <laughs> I said this on another show this morning. I think the people in the state of Utah are tremendous. They always uh, are very nice. I, I feel like it's one of the nicest states um, just in terms of how people act and, and to strangers and all that stuff. And then on Twitter, I guess because of the anonymity, BYU fans are, are among the most vicious out there. <laughs> so, um uh, I, I don't know what to make of that juxtaposition, but uh, <laughs> I, I noticed. Oh, Dan, you're a trooper, man. We appreciate the time today, the insight into Taysom, and uh, again, for the great read you put out on USA Today. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Dan Wolken of USA Today. Can't we all just get along uh, on Twitter? We call those Twitter thugs, you know. When, you, when they'll, uh, you know, talk about you over Twitter and then they see you face-to-face, they don't say anything. They're like, oh, oh, oh. Everybody, yeah. yeah, everybody's got a big mouth behind the Twitter screen. Always. Holy cow. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, more of your tweets. What's the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? BYU Sports Station brought to you in part by the Cougar Club, supporting BYU's 623 student-athletes. Welcome to the club. Get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag. Go to BYUstore.com and search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles to get your own pair or a BYU SN t-shirt. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headline, shall we? Taysom Hill, named to the 2015 National Performer of the Year Award watch list. He is one of 32 FBS players on that list. Man, so many awards for the greatest player in the universe. Uh, The Cougars were ranked 19th in the NCAA Women's Soccer Preseason Coaches Poll. Three of BYU's opponents were also ranked, including Stanford at number three and Pepperdine at number 10. They've loaded up the schedule again to nobody's surprise. That's what Jen Rockwood does, and that's why BYU feels like they can compete with the best in the country when it gets really important come tournament time. Stanford at number three. Yeah, yeah. Tyler Haas is officially a member of the workshop. Oibradoiro a Spanish-based club, obviously in Spain, the top tier uh, in that country. Tyler headed overseas with his new wife, Summer Raymond, former BYU gymnast, to uh, begin an adventure over there. He still has the NBA dream alive, but he's hoping that uh, some success over there will potentially lead him back to the league in America. That's a nice little honeymoon, don't you think? Absolutely. Tour Europe? For your life? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yes. Jacob Brugman hit one for three and recorded a run to help the Midland Rockhounds beat the Frisco Rough Riders. There you go. Those are your BYU Sports Nation headlines we have been discussing today. What is the greatest play within BYU football independence? Four years, 52 games. Which moment stands out the most in your minds, BYU Sports Nation? And the, f- the fun thing about this, Brian, is everybody has a different emotional tie. Yes, that's a, the that's a thing. I mean, we, you know, I was, I was talking about this morning. I don't really I, – I like the Utah State, the miracle game. I like – you know, it was a tip ball. But, I mean, there was, to me, nothing really special athletically, right? I mean, yeah, we, we do tip drills, receivers and DBs. We do tip drills. We practice those situations in the in practice. But, I mean, it, that's, that's, that's just focus, right? Uh, as far as athleticism, that's what I'm, more, I'm, I'm big in. But when you look at the overall – 
view of the game and, and the emotions from that. Who knows? That could have been the first time you brought your five-year-old son to, the, to that game, to a, a BYU game. And that's something that's going to stick with you. So, of course, that's going to be number one. Well, the context of making the comeback when it looked like all hope was lost. Yeah. Riley Nelson comes in, replaces Jake Heaps, takes over, uh, and then, still, then that happens. I remember the chance, man. We want Riley. We want Riley. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, no, no. But it, I mean, it's. And I found myself towards the end of his performance standing up and clapping. <laughs> I want Riley. <laughs> I want Riley. Isn't, isn't that interesting? Isn't yeah. that interesting? Uh, the dynamic that, that he created. And he's just he's involved in quite a few of these plays that we have in the sixteen play bracket. Yeah. But which is the greatest? Let's go to the Twitter machine and hear some of your responses. Tweet tweet. From at Big Uncle Pooh, it could have been a certain catch at Notre Dame. Hoffman is still open, Riley. Oh Ooh. Adrian. Ooh. You had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> Ooh. Here's the, oh, this is tough because Riley did make so many memorable plays. That one hurts, and he'll yeah. be the first to he'll be the first to tell you that he'll never he'll never forgive himself for that one. I saw a couple tweets uh, regarding that play, and it still it still burns. You know, it still hurts for a lot of fans. Naturally, all right, Brian. What do you got? Um, let's do. Let me let me let me take a look down here. Um, AC English one. Okay. Uh, leap of faith, but let's not forget the leap of faith redo against Utah State. Oh, wait. The le- okay, okay. Ah, yes. The touchdown that he scored going into the end zone. Okay, I remember now. Before remember. all heck broke loose and the injury took place. Yes, yeah, I remember that now. That's what he did. There's a couple other plays like that. I remember Boise State uh, at home. He jumped over. Uh, two guys. He kind of made them made them hit each other. He, he jumped like ten yards in the air. Yeah, he, <laughs> he jumped a little premature too. But <laughs> I mean, explosive. You can see how explosive this kid is. I mean, obviously, if you squat four hundred and thirty five million pounds, you're doing something right. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that's what allows you to jump ten yards in the air. It was <laughs> it was a premature leap, but still, it looked great. Okay, and from at I do rock the Y Mississippi burning. Some of you have a problem with the name of that play, but that's what it is. It was Kyle Van Noy's coming out party, and that play led us to beating an SEC team on the road. Mississippi was two and ten that year. Yeah, but still, still SEC to open team. Independence. That was yeah. the first game the as road. an independent on the road. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it. That's a that's a top play right there. I mean, for a, def- a defensive player to win the game for you, that's 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 really unheard of. Uh, at Earl Kyle too. I think the best play from Independence is the Taysom Hill pass to Cody Hoppin versus Georgia Tech. This right here, ladies and gentlemen. This goes to what you this, put a yes, lot of stock this in. Is my, this is my point right here. Top 10. Can, can this play be seen on SportsCenter Top 10? Yes. You have a small munchkin on the back of your shoulders. You're carrying him for a good Half yard, and you're and, and, and I mean it's a pass interference. He has the defender has a hand over Cody's face. He can't see, and he still makes an over the head, over the back catch, shoulder catch, diving out. Athletically, yeah. that's that's number that's probably number two for me. That was an unreal catch. That is definitely number two. 
The backpack play is what I call it. He's the got backpack. a defense, the defensive backpack play. <laughs> Even though he was the, he's like five eight. I still dude. can't that, believe that he, he caught that ball. Pretty small. I still can't believe it. That's why you don't have five eight corners playing. At E Adams fifty one BYU's red alert to beat Tulsa is my gut reaction. And what I'm saying is the red alert doesn't happen if BYU doesn't turn the tide of that game with my pick as no helmet, no problem, and they get back in the game right before halftime. Yeah. That mean that, that it swung the game, so the red alert could happen. It changes so from a player's perspective. If I if I'm going into halftime three to fourteen compared to, you know, ten to fourteen, it it, it, it changes the yeah. whole yeah. entire atmosphere feel of of my emotions. I mean, all that plays into it. With the generous support of the Cougar Club, BYU's 623 student-athletes are role models, leaders, graduates, and champions. Be willing to help them succeed with your donation and welcome to the club. We'll talk to one of those student-athletes next, an All-American no less. Jake Taylor of BYU Swim joins us before he heads to the national championships. This is BYU Sports Nation. Are you a swimmer? Uh, no comment. <laughs> BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Brian Logan live from Studio B. Did you miss our interview earlier with Dan Wolken, national college football writer for USA Today? No worries. Go to youtube.com forward slash BYU TV Sports to catch all of our interviews on the show. What is the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? That's our Twitter question today. Join it. Using the hashtag BYUSN, that combo ongoing, at BYULASFJazz. Interested to know where that Twitter handle comes from. <laughs> no question, the leap of faith, Taysom Hill. Love watching it, just like the Utah, Oregon, Kalen Clay fumble brightens my day every time. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's a nice tweet right there. It has to be a shot in there. That's a good elite tweet. At least tweet. one a show, right? Joining us now is Jake Taylor, BYU senior All-American swimmer. Jake will be competing in the 2015 Phillips 66 National Championships between August 6th and August 10th. Jake, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks. It's good to be back. I missed it a little bit. A little bit? A little bit. It's kind of nerve-wracking. My heart's going pretty fast right now. But You remember what we gave to you last time you were here, right? Pure luck and (laughs) and excitement and the karma. That's right. I remember. And all you did was turn that into an All-American effort. You know, you gave it to me, so I used it. <laughs> so congratulations for that. Mostly Thanks. for your hard work, but also for the the added bonus of having the BYU Sports Nation Carmen. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You just told me that you were trying to hold down a summer job amidst training for the national championships, swimming, and going to school with a full load. What were you thinking? Uh, well, since being here, I haven't had a lot of work experience, and so I was hoping to get some experience for my career, but... After a couple of weeks, I just decided, you know what, this, <laughs> this is just too much. You know, working 20 hours a week, swimming 20 hours a week, going to school 20 hours a week. It's just not enough hours in the week. So, decided Did your to wife ever see you, Jake? You know, she was working also. So I guess in the evenings we did. But, I mean, it was just kind of like, how you doing? Catching up and go to bed. So, <laughs> just wasn't the American healthy. dream. Yeah. Not a healthy lifestyle. You guys, you don't, you guys don't have kids or anything, no, right? Okay. No. Yeah, that's, that's good then. Because that, that would be another job. You know, oh, that, man. That's, that's, and that's yeah. full time. Right. You know, Spencer will talk to you yes. about, yeah, we, about that one. Not there yet. <laughs> okay. So, so how is your training going? Um, are you doing anything different uh, when you have these, these big qualifying matches coming up? 
Well, yeah, we put in a lot of hours the front half of the summer. And so usually we do around 15 to 18 hour weeks with training, but we push it up to like 20, 22 hours. Mm -hmm. So, and we also had three uh, lifting sessions throughout the week and then two more running sessions. So a lot more cardio because in the summer season, it's 50 meter pools instead of 25 yards for college. So we're having to be in better shape. Um, Our stroke is completely different. It's a lot longer, a lot more efficient. And so we're just trying, we've just been working our brains out, really trying to get into shape and getting prepared for this meet. Yeah. So what Spencer said, what were you thinking? (laughs) I wasn't. I I quickly realized this is a bad idea. Got to bail this. Now, for those of you that aren't aware of what Jake is trying to do, here's a little background. He already qualified for the 100 meter backstroke at the approaching 2016 U.S. Olympic team trials. This national championship meet is a chance for Jake to qualify for some more events so with that said, Jake, what, what other events besides the 100-meter backstroke are you trying to uh, get to the Olympic team trials for? So um, first and foremost, the 200 backstroke. That's my second best opportunity to make it to the Olympics. And then after that, there's the 100 freestyle and the 200 IM. And I swam the, two, uh, excuse me, I swam, I swam the 100 freestyler event earlier this, this year without like being tr- – um, not much training, I guess. And I got within a second of it. And so I think my chances of getting it are almost guaranteed. I feel like at this point in my training, what's the pinnacle for you? Is it, is it the Olympics? Well, here's, here's the catch. So in my events, 100 and 200 backstroke, which I have the best opportunity, closest chance, you know, making to the Olympics, the three top guys in the world are in the U S and so for me to get in the top two to make it into the Olympics is really challenging. And I feel like right now I'm not at the top yet, but I'm still climbing the the national ranking levels. Mm-hmm. So for my goal this uh, for this week at this meet is to get my ranking from, I'm like bubble 10th place right now, to get up into the fifth place. And that's that's pretty doable. I feel like that's my goal for my times. And then from there, just like keep working it up. Like this year is going to be the pre- a big preparation for not only the NCAAs in March, but also for Olympic trials. And so it's kind of like I have to time it just right to get into that peak to hit the trials to uh, to be able to qualify for the Olympics. So it's kind of up in the air, and I'm you know it's kind of like a walk of faith to try to make it. Nice. Uh, so your head coach, John Brooks, will also be joining you at the national championships. Um, probably spend a lot more time with him than you do your wife, especially <laughs> with uh, you know, your, your, your schedule. Right. Uh, what's your relationship like with, with your coach? It's really close because we're with each other four to six hours of the day. And so, you know, he knows me. I know him very well. And, you know, we know each other's background. So we've had a lot of time to talk about it. Okay. So it's really almost like a almost like a father-son relationship. We have that respect, but at the same time, we have like the, the like, I appreciate you for what you're doing and you're helping me out kind of a, kind of a relationship. And, you know, John Brooks or Coach Brooks is a, is a great guy, a great mentor. I've learned a lot from him. It's been a great opportunity for me to, you know, uh, see him with his family to, uh, I guess, mimic him and mm. with my, my wife, my future family. So it's, it's been fun being with him and, uh, I'm looking forward to it. So we had a fun convo kind of pop up uh, around our BYU Sports Nation offices and desks yesterday that dealt with the greatest Olympian of all time. I, w- I just want to get your take because you are a swimmer. Yeah. And 
Somebody brought up the fact that Michael Phelps, we were, we were mentioning Rowdy Gaines, who was an, an announcer, and he said, hands down, he's the greatest Olympian of all time. And then it, became, it sparked like this national debate, like who's the greatest Olympian of all time from America? It, is it Michael Phelps or is it like Carl Lewis track and field? Like why, why would it be a swimmer? Let, let's ask you that. Well, I think the debate is heavily weighted towards Michael Phelps because he's gained more Olympic exposure. He's gone to more Olympics than anyone else, and he's also gotten more gold medals than anyone else. And he he, he holds all those records, and they'll probably never be broken again. You know, maybe. That's what we said with Mark Spitz, right? But, you know, maybe. But if you go off of, um, I don't know, world records and, and lifelong achievements outside of of the Olympics – um, what was his name, Mark? Um, the the track and field guy. Oh, Carl Lewis. Carl Lewis. Excuse me. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> no, no, you're good. Get a little nervous, Mike. My face. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Carl Lewis. I mean, he's he's done some pretty amazing things outside of, of of the sport, and you know, outside of the sport. And I don't want to talk trash about Michael Phelps, but he's not like the best role model. So that's that's no news to anybody, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So I would go with Carl Lewis over Michael Phelps because of the. His character, his strong character that mm. you can mimic, but that factors just, into yeah. it, though, yeah. doesn't it? It has to. When you're considering the greatest Olympian, role model has to be part of that exactly. discussion. I mean, I mean yeah. the, people are starting to say that about the Heisman now with with football. They they're wanting to consider the off the field, you know, character issues uh, when considered for Heisman. So yeah, plays a huge role. All right, Jake, we would be remiss to not ask you this question before we go, um, and, and it deals with you know Brian and his intrigue with the whole having to shave your arms and legs thing. What are the benefits? What are the benefits of that outside of swimming, shaving your arms and legs? You look really good in shorts. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> uh, let's be honest. Like my my wife, she comments. She she loves my shaved legs. And, oh, see, okay. Sorry, a little a little too much info there, but bro, but, you, you know, just help me out. I'm gonna shave my legs and see what my wife thinks. It's good. I'm, I'm tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, shaving everything, and I'm I'm stoked. I'm excited. It's, wow. It feels good. It feels good to be a little hairless. You know. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. I'm I'm excited from. I'm, I'm going to test this out, man. I'm going to tweet. I'm going to tweet at you if my wife hates it. We could sync our efforts like six o'clock Utah time <laughs> yes. and Texas time. Let's do Whoa. it. We'll do I, it. Let's I should, do it we should have talked about this first. That's this, real. Con- this, if you want to join us, you can, right man. It's the real connection. <laughs> Jake, Jake, you want to get in on this? Um, you know, I'm good, man. I'm good. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe like the legs. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. You just do one shin. One yeah. shin. See how you feel about it. <laughs> I think Taysom Hill shaves his leg. That's not a joke. I don't. Well, why swipe, would you, man? When you got so those fast. calves, right? Swipe so fast. I don't, I don't know. This is weird. It's <laughs> not. This segment's going nowhere. We got to go to break. We got to get the break. My producer's about to call on the phone and be like, yeah, "We got some serious issues." Uh, Jake, in all seriousness, good luck. Congratulations on what you've accomplished thus far, and uh, we'll be watching very closely. Thanks. Appreciate it. Jake Taylor, BYU All-American swimmer. Back in studio beyond BYU Sports Nation. Up next, we will get you up to date with anything and everything else going on in BYU Sports Nation. The Cougar Whip plus our elite tweet of the day. And what is the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? More of your tweets coming up. Brian, just just buy a quality razor, man. I'm just going to nair. I can spray it on. Just buy a quality razor. That's all I'll do. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Taysom Hill was named to the 2015 National Performer of the Year watch list. The watch list, which is sponsored by the College Football Performance Arts Awards. Arts. Performance Awards. 
featured only 32 FBS players. Men's basketball. Taysom is artistic. He very, yeah. CAB, a Spanish league basketball team, announced that Tyler Haas will officially play for the workshop this next season in Spain. He told us that that was going to happen a few weeks ago when he came to the studio, but now it's official. Soccer. I don't know how you pronounce that so well, Spencer. Uh, the Cougars were ranked 19th in the NCAA Women's Soccer Preseason Coaches Poll. Three of BYU's opponents were also ranked, including Stanford at number three and Pepperdine at number 10. Baseball. Jacob Brugman won for three. He recorded a run as well to help the Midland Rockhounds beat the Frisco Rough Riders. Jacob Hanneman had a hit and a stolen base and a 4-2 loss to the Birmingham Barons in his double-A game. He had a nice highlight diving catch to close out the fourth inning. It's been the summer of great diving catches by the two Jacobs in minor league baseball. Check out the BYUSN Twitter account to see that catch. Cougars in the association. Jen Hampson and the L.A. Sparks play the Minnesota Lynx at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ESPN2. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. We're giving it to Jake Taylor. No gotcha. shame. Yeah, no shame. Dude's going all. to the national championships. He's got to shave things. Yeah, yeah, he's, you know, he's, yeah he's no shame. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He gave me a tip, said Nair is a lot easier. So <laughs> we will sync up our efforts. Oh, my goodness. And I will go to the store right now and get some Nair. Oh, from, <laughs> from Pokemon, from Pokemon <laughs> to Nair. We've covered all of our bases on BYU Sports Nation. Who wears short what's the, shorts? What's the greatest play in four years of BYU football independence? At Lacropolish says, hard to beat KVN taking over the San Diego State Bowl game. Strip sack for a TD. Interception for a TD. Kyle Van Noy was our offense that game. True. No, no debate there. Elite tweet of the day from at Twiggier Stone. Van Noy strip and touchdown. I've never seen a defensive player decide a game the way he did against San Diego State. That's why it's the number one seed. Ryan, get your nair, man. Thanks wearing my Dan, short shorts. Thanks to Dan Wolken and Jake Taylor. Our show on demand on BYUSN.com. For Brian, I am Spencer.